thankful for the river of living waters in this place tonight. Glad I got a drink of it. Sister Lynn, your physical doctor seen you a while ago, he'd had a heart attack. <laughs> oh, what are you doing, But the great physician saying, that's my girl. You go ahead, hallelujah, I got it. I'd rather, rather have the blessings of the great physician and all the physical doctors in the world. Call us crazy if they want to, but honey, we gotta get crazy if we're gonna see things happen. We gotta get out of our ordinary ways, amen, and let God be God. Sister Judy, that little baby didn't have nothing to do with being born in the condition it's born in. That mother chose bad, wrong pathways, have done it a number of times. But you know what? You can be the turning point for that one. What the devil intended to happen. Amen. All of a sudden, the mercy and grace of God starts stepping in. Hallelujah. Choy. Hey, I didn't even take them. Hallelujah. That's been born in those conditions. Uh, and turn them around and give them a sound mind uh, and a sound body. And heal them and make them whole for my glory. A lot of that hinges on us to believe it. And deal with whatever we got to deal with to see it happen and take place. My, my, my. How many enjoyed the word of God this morning? I believe the heater's in the house. I believe the heater's in the house. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, Brother Sanford to come. Whatever he feels. He's been in this thing full time. You heard the years this morning. Man, a long time. So he knows what to do. Whatever he wants us to do, that's what we're going to do. If he walks up here and says, hey, y'all go ahead, me and Brother Moore, we're going to McDonald's to eat a chicken sandwich, that's what we're going to do. Hallelujah. <laughs> but if he gets up here and wants to preach at midnight, I'm going to be with him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Love him. Appreciate him. Let's give him a good Bendel welcome to this pulpit tonight. God bless him. Praise God. Some things are the will of God. I believe we're in the will of God. He's still here. It's obvious. There's evidence that would support that. It's overwhelming. He's in the house. And praise reports are coming forth. And many more will come. It is time for the church to be the church. And to exercise an authority that we have in Jesus' name. To take back the hearts that have been ravished, dissected by the enemy. And there are many connected to this church, prodigals, not just children, but adults. This church is praying prayers that will bring them back. He said to obey the Lord. My mind's going in a hundred directions. Things that I have already felt in this service. We take authority over suicide spirits. Here's another one that I felt earlier. 
the spirit of oppression that many of you constantly battle. God said, I'd like to deal with it tonight. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait for Wednesday night. Next weekend. He said, I'd like to nip it in the bud tonight. And where there has been a spirit of oppression, which is a spirit of despair and heaviness. He said, I'd like to take that spirit of heaviness that weighs upon you. And in exchange, give you a garment of praise. I know what some are saying, but I'm a praiser and yet I go home and battle oppression. The Lord said, I, I'm ready to eliminate that season in your life. I'm going to let you be seated. The unclean spirit in the synagogue. Can I tell you that the enemy recognizes the anointing? The devil, to some degree, has great respect for authority. The anointing. Because the unclean spirit in the synagogue cried out to Jesus. Leave us alone. Why have you come to torment us before our time? It's not time for us to be cast out. It's not time for us to be put in our place. Leave us alone. So the attitude of the unclean spirit was leave us alone. And that is a spirit and an attitude the Lord would like to deal with in this service. An attitude that says preacher... I'm okay just the way I am. I'm nice. I'm cordial. I'm not a mean person. I hear that all the time. I'm a good person. Just leave me alone. I'm not hurting anybody. I like my sin. I like my habits. Makes me feel good. I like all of my involvements and entanglements. You know, there's something about that word entanglement. There's nothing positive doesn't have any type of positive connotation when you talk about an entanglement. We're told not to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So somebody who has become entangled again is about to be liberated because God says, I will deal with it tonight. Now, I know you're getting on the defensive because I'm talking about attitudes and spirits. But the attitude and the spirit, and notice it was in the synagogue. It was in the church, a man possessed of the devil. And the spirit that held him captive and the spirit that dominated his life spoke out to Jesus because he recognized who he was. And said, I want you to leave us alone. And that is an attitude in the spirit that if you're dealing or battling tonight, it needs to be dealt with. A spirit that says, I'm okay just the way I am. Let's just go ahead and have normal church. That's not the attitude of the overwhelming majority in this house. This says, I'm ready to take it to the next level. I'm ready for my breaking out moment. How many like to fly in the natural? You got any people that enjoy flying? You got any scaredy cats in the house? We know we got some salty Christians. I got a revelation, salty but not sour. It's all right to be salty but never be a sourpuss. Don't look like you've been baptized in vinegar. Inoculated in persimmon juice. Melancholy, your chin dragging. 
Amen. Got that downward. Look, everywhere, just walking around with your head down. No, get your head up. You're the apple of his eye. And he's going to help you tonight if you want help. Jesus spoke against that spirit. And he told that spirit in that man, hold your peace and come out of him. Jesus was not intimidated by a spirit that was vocal. By a spirit that was aggressive and defiant. Who do you think you are to tell Jesus back off? Leave me alone. I'm not interested. I'm okay just the way that I am. Jesus was not intimidated. He spoke to that spirit. And in Mississippi language and vernacular, what he was really saying to that spirit, shut up and leave. When he said, hold your peace and come out, Jesus was getting down on his level, nose to nose. And he said, what I want you to do, I've got a word for you, unclean spirit. Shut your mouth and vacate the premise. Vacate the person. Is there anybody in this house that needs a deliverance in your mind, in your spirit, in your emotions? You're dealing with stuff that you're sick and tired of dealing with. I've come to take an authority over that attitude and that spirit and a false sense of security that says, leave me alone. I'm okay the way that I am. Everybody, most everybody in this house is yearning for a closer walk. Now You won't call this a sermon, but that's all right. I'm, I'm just going to obey the Holy Ghost. My son, I think he told me he was coming here maybe the last Sunday in December. Is that right? You'll hear some great preaching then. I'm not a good preacher, but I sure raised one. Hello. Proud of him. The unclean spirit in the synagogue. Jesus said, hold your peace and come out. And the man was made whole. And I talked about flying higher, that next level, that new dimension. And I asked the question, who enjoys flying? One man put it like this. He said, flying is against my religion. He said, I'm a devout coward. <laughs> Hello. Try it. You might like it. That's right. Anybody in here don't like ice cream? Boy, I can be carnal one moment and spiritual the next. I mean, you got to be good to do that. Just kind of back and forth. No, no. Just because you make carnal illustrations and analogies doesn't mean that you suddenly become less spiritual. Do you lose the Holy Ghost when you lay down at night and take a nap? When you overeat at the buffet bar? When you're on the job and you're talking out of the side of your mouth, I'm about sick and tired of this place and everybody else in it. And do you suddenly not have the Holy Ghost? When we get down to where we're living and we're human? No, you still have Christ in you, the hope of glory. Does anybody not like ice cream? Raise your hand if you don't like ice cream. My father-in-law, he'll tickle you to death. You know, you show up sometime, he'll be making that homemade ice cream. And he said, come on in here, boys, I got some cream. I've never heard him say ice cream. It's always cream, but we know what he's talking about. Homemade ice cream. Who in their right mind doesn't like cream? Ice cream. I've met a few people that had weird, weird taste 
Somebody talked about putting saltine crackers in their ice cream. I don't even want to investigate that. I'm not interested in going there doing that. I like crackers and I like cream, but not on the same plate. Maybe not even in the same day. But I'm not a devout coward. The Holy Ghost is saying tonight, it is time to deal with some entanglements. Things that's holding you back from the breakthrough that you want. And I'll say it again. We are here tonight in the next few minutes of this service. The remaining time that we have gathered. The Lord says I am ready to partner with you. And what you cannot do by yourself. The load that you cannot carry. He said I will get involved and I will help shoulder the load. And all you have to do is look halfway interested. And he said, I'm there in a moment of time. The last time I checked, somebody got a revelation and they wrote a song. His hand reached further down than I was able to reach up. That has not changed. Honey, if you'll just start reaching up, we may be limited at best. But I got news for you. God's going to close the distance. He's going to make up the ground. He's going to do for you what you desire him to do for you. There are prayers that we can pray and praises that we can offer God that will absolutely sabotage and shut down hell's agenda. If you don't think that evil is united, you better think again. You've heard the illustration, but it's true. I can't find one place in Scripture that hell has ever had a split. That one little group of you know, imps and demons kind of, you know, get over here in the corner and say, I'm not happy with the way it's going. Why don't we just pull out of this hell and create a little bit of our own? Hello, that's not cussing. That's where they're at, hell. You don't find that in Scripture. I'm using it in the proper context. They've never decided, hey, we're not happy with the job Lucifer's doing. Let's just create our own little kingdom. No, hell is united for evil. And the thief has one thing on his mind, to kill, steal, and destroy. But somebody needs to rise up with a fresh fervor and faith and say, not so, not here, not tonight, not ever, not my husband, not my wife, not my son, not my daughter, not my grandkids. You're not going to sucker them in. You're not going to suck them in. You're not going to pull the wool over their eyes. There is a deliverance coming. See, the devil goes to church sometime. And don't misread this. I'm not calling anybody in here a devil, I don't think. No, I'm not calling anybody a devil. I'll let you call yourself that. You know, husband get upset with the wife and the wife. You're just a big devil, you know. Don't tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I've been traveling for years. I hear things. 
years ago when they didn't have, you know, evangelist quarters and people didn't have the money or they were too tight to spend it to put you in a motel. You stayed with the pastor and his wife. And, and, and their, you know, their style was cramped and, and ours was too. Because we, when me and my wife kind of got into it, we had to be real quiet. We couldn't raise our voice. Even though she wanted to tell me, you just think you know everything. And I wanted to say, well, it's apparent that you do know everything. But you had to be quiet because next, in the next room, you could, they didn't mind having company. They didn't, they didn't change their pattern at all. They just had knocked down and drag. I've heard them bang against the wall, boom, boom, fighting. I've heard them just about cuss one another out. I said, just about. They use words I don't use. I don't know what you call it. I was raised better than that. There's some things you don't say. If you think you got to say some things, learn some Pentecostal cuss words. Well, I don't think there's really any such thing as that. Because we're going to give an account of every idle word spoken. Well, it's just a slang word. Well, I got news for you. My heart condemns me if I think about saying one of those words. So I'm not going to go there and do that. But my point is this. They would just have it out. I've heard them raise their voices and say, you're just a moron. I've heard them say, you're an idiot. And I've heard them say, well, when company leaves, we're really going to talk about this. And I'm saying, my God, the next level is somebody's about to get stabbed or shot. If this is... If, if, hello. And I'm thinking, no wonder we're struggling. No wonder the devil's fighting. They've got division at home. There's dissension at home. There's no respect at home. There's no prayer at home. It's kind of like a pastor. I showed up and, and for a revival. The first service, he said, Brother Sanford, he said, we're glad to have you. He said, uh, he said I hope you can do something with this bunch of folks. He said, I've been here, and it was like 30 years. He said, I've been here 30 years, and they go to sleep on me, and they, they write notes, and they, they make out their grocery list, and they balance their checkbook, and, and they're just kind of, you know, they're here, but they're not here. And he said, I hadn't been able to do anything with them. I hope you can get through to them. And he said, oh, by the way, I believe we're going to have a good revival. <laughs> not a chance in the world. If, what he, if half of what he told me was true. But I got to preaching. I mean, I was trying. It wasn't easy, but I was preaching. And all of a sudden, I, I, I noticed, I kind of turned and I noticed that the pastor on the platform had went to sleep. <laughs> See, I'm a better preacher than Paul. I can put you to sleep before midnight. He's preaching about midnight, and a little boy fell out of the window. Paul said, don't push panic months. I'll be right back. He stops in the middle of his sermon, goes down there, prays for him, raises him from the dead, goes back up and finishes his sermon. Now, that's power. If I'm going to preach you to sleep, I hope I can preach you awake. 
In fact, there's such a move in this place right now. I don't know how anybody could doze off. I don't know how anybody could get a few Z's. I don't know how anybody's thoughts could be elsewhere because he said, I've come to nip some things. That attitude that says, leave me alone, pastor. Leave me alone, evangelist. Leave me alone, husband and wife. I'm okay dealing with what I'm dealing with all by myself. I don't think so. But when I noticed that he was asleep, I got a revelation. One from the Lord. I thought to myself, no wonder there's icicles in the pew when there's a polar bear asleep on the platform. I mean, he just went sound asleep. Well, you know, Brother Ford, my dad would have probably, oh, son, he probably had a medical condition. They're always ready to give somebody the benefit of a doubt. And I know that there are people that have sugar problems. Their diabetes, if they get steel, a lot of times they, they can't help it. Overwhelmed, they'll just go to sleep. I don't know that it was a problem, but 30 years of that? I mean, take a shot, do something. Get some insulin going. But, but, a lot of our problem is self-induced. Mm, he's talking about McDonald's. This is not a good night to bring about on food. But, but I've sat down with people and with medical problems. And, and, and this is what has come out of their pie hole, their mouth. That's young people talk, pie hole. Shut your pie hole. Jesus said, shut your pie hole and leave the guy. Now, that's not in the King James Version. That's in Kerry Sanford terminology. But I've heard, sit down there and I've heard him say, I don't really need to eat this. This is going to run my blood pressure up. Oh, this is, this is going to affect my blood sugar. But, you know, you only live once. You're going to die of something. I might as well just feast until I'm famished. Until I faint. Knowing that it's working against them. We, the human race, are, we as a whole are so stubborn and hard-headed and set in our ways. And we dare anybody to invade our comfort zone and try to bring some things to our attention that's proving to be detrimental. And I'm not just talking about in the natural. I'm talking about spiritual things. He said, lay aside not only the sin, but every weight. But, but I, you know, it, preaching is really preaching when it starts hitting home. I kind of, for some reason, I, I kind of feel like I'm hitting home. Some of you said, I should have brought my steel-toed shoes because, you know. And, and I'm not picking on this church. It's everywhere. You, you got people in your family that way. Doctor says you need to get on this diet. And, and, and I remember when my mother was having some health issues. Before she, next month would be 10 years, she passed away. But, and mom battled weight all of her life. And, and, and she would join Weight Watchers and she'd lose 100 pounds and then she'd gain it back. And, but all the while, she rode her bicycle and she would walk. And the eight years in dialysis, the doctor told her, said, you wouldn't have lasted 
the first time you got sick in, in 1999, which was this coming December will be 11 or, or 21 years ago. He said, you would have never survived that episode, but you have an unusually strong heart. Athletic heart because she had walked for years and rode her bike for years. But when it comes to food, <laughs> get out of her way. Leave her alone. No advice. Now, Mom, you don't need to be putting salt on that. I know, but you're not my doctor. I said, you don't listen to your doctor. She said, son, I'm the parent. You may be grown and married with kids, but you're still my son, my boy. So hush. I've had her to say, just shut up. Leave me alone. I had soon do without. If I don't have some season, it's got to be salty. And everything she liked was bad for her. Peanuts, chips. I said that's getting personal. Huh? Salty stuff. And she'd say, you know what? I feel like my hands and my feet are swollen. I said, I wonder why. But you could not... Get her to change her diet. Amen. And if you tried to advise her, she would be offended. She was sensitive, just like her mother, my grandmother. People are that way. And you're trying to help. But there comes a time you just have to back off. Leave them alone. Hello. But when it comes to spiritual things, you better thank God you've got a pastor that will never back off and leave you alone. Because there's a God that is still on location. He's still in the reaching business, the delivering business, the saving business. And he is still reaching for you. He's not weary in well-doing. He's long-suffering to us. We're not willing that we perish. And every time we come to church, he's reaching. He's trying to get into your business. You can be seated for a moment. Leave us alone. It was more than one. That man had somehow opened himself up to all type of unclean spirits. And the unclean spirit. And it's amazing to me. The devil goes to church too. Spirits of all sort. Lurk, congregate, even in the house of the Lord. One would think that would be the last place the devil would go. It leads me to believe he probably didn't want to go. But that man who was possessed still had free will. And there was still a part of him that had not been completely taken over. And he went to the house of the Lord. And yet some spirits go there to feel safe, to hide. So their true colors will not be revealed. They want to blend in. I hope and pray there's not a person under the sound of my voice that falls into that category. That you're just here to save face. To camouflage. Who and what you really are. 
And I don't even feel that tonight. And it's not all about me. I'm not God. But I can assure you, the bottom line is there are spirits that many times reside in our churches that should not be tolerated. There's a spirit of worldliness. And I'm not the pastor, but I'm just hardly you don't speak on it. But in my travels, and I believe in being positive and upbeat and giving people the benefit of the doubt. But something's wrong when men have taken a stand for years. Begin to mess with the old ancient landmarks. And they change their mind about the music. And about the order of service. And about holiness. And standards. And separation from the world. Amen. I'm not talking about a new generation of young preachers coming on. I see more convictions in some of them than I do in grandpas. Me and my age and your age. And I've caught you until next month, right? Flips over to that one. 61. It's me and our age that's watering it down and letting down. And allowing things to come in that will influence others. The unclean spirit of the synagogue has an attitude that says, Leave me alone, preacher. I'll listen up until a point. I'll comply up until a certain degree. But don't expect me to go all the way. Don't expect me to really dress. Didn't mean to say that. I'll dress this way at church. And the Holy Ghost is talking. I'll put on my game face at church. I've said it before, but there's a lot. I might as well close this. I'm not going to get to preach this message. I'm not going to preach both of them. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Too many apostolics come to church and talk in an unknown tongue and go home and talk in English about people. Well, I just don't agree with them. The world doesn't stop spinning. When you don't agree with something. Well they're talking about me. You know what? We would be surprised. At how little people really talk about us. And how little they really ever think about us. And you're hiding behind closed doors. And your whole life is feeling like you're on the run. And people's out to get you. And they're talking about you. And running you down. And you haven't even crossed their mind in five years. Imagination. It's time to come out of that prison. It's time for that attitude to be dealt with. Am I preaching? It's not popular. It's not enjoyable. But I'm just telling you, we all have issues and we all have entanglements that the Holy Ghost can give complete victory of. Lift your hands and ask God to do it.
It's an attitude that says you, it doesn't matter how hard you preach it from the pulpit. Just don't ever come to me personally. See, I've pastored. It's been this past June the 8th. I still remember the day I resigned. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Whom the Son hath set free is free indeed. And I'm not against pastoring. I may pastor again one day if that's what the Lord wants. But I'm not looking for a church. And I don't think a church is looking for me. That could be a problem. But anyway, we'll move on. And pastored over 22 years. But I have pastored. Pastored for about 10 years altogether. And I had a, a lady that was old enough to be my mother. See, every service is different. Every preacher, every van, for that particular service, God has a plan and a ministry for that service. And she come to me from the very beginning and said, Brother Sanford, you cannot preach it too straight, too hard. You can't preach it. I, I cut my teeth on hard preaching. In fact, I don't think you preach it hard enough. It's kind of like one man had that problem. Fella come to him and said, Brother, I feel like you're kind of compromising and letting down. You're not preaching it hard enough. And the pastor said, Sir, you want me to preach it harder? When you're not even obeying 30% of what I'm preaching now. Hello? Let's just catch up to what is being preached. And then we'll talk. Hello? So they didn't have a problem as long as I come across the pulpit and preached it. And talked about things. But some of the same people who said you can't preach it too hard. You dare not call them in your office. You dare not pick up the phone and call them and give them some good godly advice and say we're concerned about some things. Not trying to start a fuss, but we just want you to know we're praying. It's like a lady my wife called one time, a good Christian lady in our church. But she would come in and sit down and she was oppressed. She quit getting into the service. She quit worshiping. She used to sing with the singers and everything. She was just in shutdown, lockdown. And my wife, being the pastor's wife, called her one day, said, Sister Betty, just want you to know we love and appreciate. And she interrupted my wife. She said, what are you calling me for? I haven't done anything. And my wife had never called anybody in the church. She left that to me. She just said, I felt impressed to call her and encourage her. She said, I'm not, you haven't done anything, but I just want you to know that we're praying for you and, and you're going to get through the valley that you're going through and God loves you. And she was offended at my wife. My wife didn't call her and reprimand and rebuke her and talk down to her. No, it was kind words of encouragement. There's just some people that are so easily offended. That's the spirit. The unclean spirit. That's in the church. Hello? I never want to reach a place that I don't, that I don't want to get to that point that I feel like I'm not accountable. And that I can't be corrected. That somebody can come to me and begin to show me the error of my ways. And say you're slipping up here. You're letting down there. Your prayer life needs to get better. 
Amen. God keep us humble. You've mentioned that word several times today and tonight. It's all about humility. If you stay humble, you won't be offended because the pastor, the evangelist, whatever preacher, we're not here to embarrass you. We're here to help. So that attitude that says I'm okay just the way I am. You got anybody in your family that you can't tell anything to? They already know it all. Hello? Of course, we're not that way. Not you. Oh, no. Hello? You don't even remember the last time you were wrong. Uncle Hewlett Sanford used to preach for him years ago. He'd tell me the same joke every time I'd preach for him. He said, I got a good one for you. I knew what it was going to be. He said, he said, let me tell you something. He said, I've only been wrong one time in my life. That's when I thought I was wrong. But you know what? Later on, I found out I was right. That's our attitude sometime. Stubborn. Hard-headed. We'll not compromise. We'll not budge. Hello? Let me tell you something. You can't be right all the time without being lonely most of the time. Because nobody wants to run with a know-it-all. Nope. Oh, I'm getting somebody's waking up now. That unclean spirit stirring. That attitude. Mm, he got my number. Hello? How many has ever been told? You just think you know it all. God, have mercy on all the liars. I, I think I would be safe in saying there's not a person in here at some time in your life that somebody hasn't gotten your face and said, you just think you know it all. Can't nobody tell you anything. Now, I'm going to ask again for a show of hands. Boy, the spirit of stubbornness dominates this house. Hello? I've been told that, and it hurt my feelings because that's not my intention. I hope that I don't carry and send out that type of vibes that I think I know everything, but until I'm proven wrong, I'm not just going to agree with you for the sake of peace. But if you can show me and prove to me that I'm wrong, I'll be the first to admit it and say, forgive me, I'm wrong. And this will probably be the last time. I will ever be wrong. Not really. I won't add that part. We talk about flesh, and we usually in the flesh, we use, you know, the connotations of, of sin, you know, the outward, the, the sins of commission. But I'm going to tell you, there are flaws in our flesh that we just pass off. Well, I'm just a man. I'm just human. I'm just a human being. It's just the way, you know, daddy was that way and papa was that way and, and everybody's that way. So I can't help who I am. It's in my DNA. And we make allowances and excuses for flaws and weaknesses. But the Bible says if you walk in the spirit, whew, you won't fulfill the love, meaning the desires of the flesh. See, when you're born, you're born with a sinful, corrupt, Adamic nature. You don't have to go to school or a seminar and learn behavior. 
Learn how to sin. It comes natural. We're born sinners. It comes natural. That's why you have to be born again and get a new nature, a new heart, new desires. Somebody said, when I got the Holy Ghost, whoop, God just reached down, snatched down, and took that temper. I don't believe that. I believe he gives you power over your emotions, power over your spirit, power over your temper. Somebody said, I lost my temper one time, and I said, no, you didn't lose it. You found it. And every time a child of God loses their temper, they're just advertising or advertising them true, their true self. Think about it. I'm not going to preach much longer. Somebody say, thank the Lord. How do we go from demonic spirits to flaws in the flesh? Because they're all enemies. Jesus said to Peter, I prayed that your faith fail not. He knew that flesh is weak and vulnerable and prone to failure. But you can overcome failure. You can recover from your mistakes. It doesn't have to be fatal and it doesn't have to be final. But he said, the reason I have prayed for your faith is because if you ever lose your faith, you have lost it all. There is very little chance of recover. To lose your faith is to lose hope. And to lose hope means to despair. But I close with this. I address Holy Ghost field people and tell you that it is time to open your mouth and it is time to declare war on hell's dark domain and speak against destructive suicidal spirits spirits of immorality and perversion that wants to steal our children and this generation don't you think apostolic just because you've been apostolic all your life that your children and grandchildren cannot be taken, cannot be infected with diseases, spiritual diseases. Musicians, if you'll come, begin to play. But prayer builds a wall. It's time to pray prayers that will absolutely shut hell's agenda down. Stand with me. You may call this just rambling tonight. That's fine. Didn't have notes on it. Didn't write it out. Hadn't been scripted, premeditated. Just what the Lord has dropped into my spirit during this service to address. That unclean spirit had no choice but to yield to a higher authority. Because Jesus said, hold your peace and come out. Somebody said, but that's Jesus. Did he not say greater works than these shall? This is no time to be intimidated by devils. How many has ever witnessed somebody that's under the influence of demonic forces? Somebody devil possessed. Oh, yeah. I know some saints, some, even, even some preachers, they, I've had them to tell me, they said, I, I just, I just, I, I know it's there and it's acting up, but he said, I just ignore it because I don't want to take it on. I'm not looking for a fight, but I'm not going to run either. Amen. And, and, and could it be, 
if you, if you look at the New Testament, when those unclean spirits begin to speak out and act up, I think there was a reason they knew that they were about to be commanded that they were going to have to leave. And could it be that's when the enemy acts up the most? When he knows his days are numbered. And it's just a matter of time until he has to leave. The Bible says, submit yourself therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How many has got members in your family that need this tonight? They need a deliverance. They need deliverance from a lying spirit. I feel that strongly tonight. You know, there is a lying spirit that can come into a person. It's a lying spirit, and it convinces them what they're telling them is true. But it's really a lie, a falsehood. That's why it takes spiritual discernment. Amen? And staying holy under the Lord, walking in the Spirit. And I'll go a little further than that. Your flesh is an enemy. Your flesh will convince you. No further adjustments are necessary. I'm okay. That's that spirit. The unclean spirit that's in the synagogue. I want him to call my name. I want him to deal with me. I want him to draw me. I don't want him to give up on me. Anybody feel that way tonight? Lord, let me feel your spirit one more time. Let me know that I'm a child of God. Let me feel the touch of the master's hand. Let me be completely feel to overflow in my life. Don't leave me the way you found me. Wherever you are right now in your walk with God, at whatever level, whatever position that you're in, as far as your walk with God, it's not good enough to just stay there. There's higher ground. There's a new level. I know I'm preaching to praying people, to worshiping people. And yet, that unclean spirit would like to remain in the synagogue would like to remain attached to some that says I'll do some of it but not all of it I'll only go so far but I refuse you know the thing and I, and I'm, I gotta close Bartimaeus he's blind but he had a revelation before he ever had a conversation with Jesus. He had a revelation before the Lord ever healed him and gave him his sight. The Bible says he casting away his garment. Because beggars and blind people were identified by their coat. They wore a special coat. And everybody would know that they were poor. They had a disability, a handicap. They were beggars. 
And Jewish law said you had to support them. If you pass by them, put something in the cup, that was their only means of income. So he was identified by that coat. But he had a revelation. There's a reason why he's taking his coat off. He said, I'm about to change my identity. Or he's about to change it. I won't need this coat. My identity is about to change. There's just some things you got to take off. Bitterness. Indifference. A presumptuous attitude. Yes, of a know-it-all. An attitude that says I'm okay just the way I am. I can only speak for Carrie Sanford, but I'm not satisfied with me. Oh, you're a preacher. You're an evangelist. You said you had the Holy Ghost 50 years. If we ever get to the place we're content and satisfied and feel like that we have arrived, we're on dangerous turf. I want more of Jesus. Come on, somebody, help us right now. Is that your prayer? Join with me. Join with me. I want more of Jesus than I've ever had before. Don't let that attitude find a place in my spirit to lodge that says I'm okay just the way I am. It's obvious this church is not practicing social distancing. That's fine. So I'm inviting those that are hungry for what I have preached tonight. A closer walk with God. Brother, it's all over you, the hunger. And you said it, Brother Moore. Those which do hunger and thirst there's a hunger in your life but there's also a burden for others <laughs> in the name of Jesus God bless you enjoyed being here sing it come on you can move up a little higher in God I had a message to preach tonight but I felt to just step into this and talk about this. More of Jesus than I've ever had before. So if you want more of Jesus, you're going to have to give more of yourself. And I'm preaching to the salt of the earth, the light of the world. You're here. You're represented. You're God's chosen elect. You're the apple of his eye. But the largest room in the world is the room for improvement. God, help me to grow, to increase. Don't let that attitude, that spirit of the synagogue, don't let it ever get a hold of me. But change me. Change me again and again and over and over again. Brother Lord, they were filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts 2, but they were renewed again in 
spiritual hunger. I want to be. I want a hunger for the I spiritual do. like I do for the natural. I want it to Take be more.
hope, pray that we never reach a place as a church or as individuals that we get to the place that we don't want the Lord to touch us. We don't want the Lord to stir us up. We are willing to pray, God, whatever it takes. Not all of you, I want to be saved, but God, I want to help save others. God, you need a church that can be raised up in this time to not only be a discerner of the spirits, but know how to respond to them. How to take authority over them. And all of it, you know why Jesus could do it? Because he made the confession. These are not my words. This is not my words. But they're the Father's. It's not about us. It's not even about Bendale Church. It's about Jesus. It's about God and the kingdom of God. And that kingdom ruling and reigning and working on our behalf and through us. God's ways is far above ours as the heavens above the earth. Finding that place of balance. Anybody read your lesson this morning? You know the two key things I learned out of that lesson? Is how Daniel knew how to handle both perspectives. He didn't let the demonical force and the powers of evil intimidate him or the challenge, amen, that he had to face. But when it become reward time, he didn't allow that to affect him either. He kept it all in his perspectives and in its right place. You know what, good, good pastors, it's when the mighty dollars not becomes what rules and reigns. The amount of it or the least of it. We will come, amen, with an attitude and spirit, well, I don't have the money and I don't have this, and we just come like a bunch of beggars all the time. No, you got to take the beggars coming out of this place. But at the same time, when the blessings come, it don't pick us up, put us in a place. That man, I begin to lift myself above all that. I can't be touched all of that. Keep that balance. In all the challenges, I'm telling you, a world is being shaped by the Spirit. Brother Samuel, I talked about it just a little bit today. I, I asked him about, have you ever done much studying on the spirit of iniquity? The spirit of iniquity is running rapid. We, 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 get, we get to part where the Bible's taught us about when the man repents and the unclean spirit leaves him. If that, that vessel didn't, hadn't been filled, it's empty, and he goes and gathers out the same thing and brings. But let me ask you something. What happens to an individual that allows the Spirit of God that keeps that out begin to? And it becomes so weak. Not that God's weak, but we'll be, you and I, I because of a lack of obedience. Faithfulness. And what we once could do, we can't now. Because of the spiritual world. Hey, the spiritual world is real, ladies and gentlemen. None of us could sleep tonight if God opened our eyes and we could really look around. See what's really going on around us. Well, I'm glad we're serving an awesome God that loves us. You know what? His intent is to save us, finish the journey, and help us make it. Thank God for his goodness. I don't want him. I want him. I want him. I want him to work on us. He's been speaking to us. 
last few messages have really been listened to them. Personal altars and the importance of an altars. Then Brother Koo came and talked to us and even right on to the Antichrist spirit. And I mentioned to you this morning what Brother Odom said about the setting the stage for the Antichrist spirit. And, and here he is tonight coming and helping us. Talk to us, God. Whatever it's going to take, God, stir me, shake me. Just don't let me be lost. Just don't let me be lost. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, Brother Sam, for the word tonight. Thank you, church, for your response and, and your faithfulness in this whole service. Uh, there's no telling what the heavens is record and put in record and even upon this earth and the outcome of things that were set in motion. Don't let it slip by. Prayer and all, amen, in prayer, in prayer, in prayer, and supplication and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. God's touch and God's mercy and God's compassion. We're living in a world today that is full of iniquity and full of sin, demonic forces and powers. And did you hear what he said? In the closing days, he wants to, even with Jesus Christ, what happened to that boy? What happened to that child? He, he took him and he threw demonstration. I'm going to intimidate you, God. He didn't intimidate the Lord. And those others could have looked around and said, My goodness, he killed him. He killed him. Just didn't like him that moment of time. But guess what? He brought deliverance. He's still in the business of doing it. Let's let him use us. Let's give, him, give ourselves. Now, we know how these things happen. The Bible instructed us. This kind comes by much prayer and fasting. There is a price to pay. Hmm. Let me ask you. I, I know we're through preaching now. We're through. What's two things that humbles you the most? Fasting and prayer. Because God can really only use and trust people that stay humble. Let's stay humble before the Lord. Because without that, under his anointing, we can find ourselves. God's going to use somebody in this end time. God's going to use some churches. Some that's going to hold on and God's going to use them. Before this thing's over. Seeing some things you've never saw before, maybe. Or haven't seen a long time. By his hand. Love you, appreciate you. God bless you tonight. Birthdays. Got any birthdays? All right. That's right. I think some's today even. Brother Josh. Amen. And Sister Mallory. That's right. Sister Melissa. God bless her. Anyone else? Birthdays. Birthdays. Don't miss no one. Let's sing happy birthday. Sister Melissa. Sister Mallory. Brother Josh, but I was thinking there was a fourth one, but maybe not. Brother Ernie Pierce, did you have a birthday? You're the fourth one? I thought so. I thought there was four. All right. We can get them all. Praise God. Thank God for birthdays in the natural and spiritual. Amen. I want to have them.